The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of wellness, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madare, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a most beautiful and fabulous life. Today's podcast is dedicated to owning your mojo. And so we have a beautiful, lovely, talented guest with us today, and I'm so excited to speak with her about so many things. I'm speaking with Susan Moses, celebrity fashion stylist, entrepreneur, best-selling author, owner of Major Mojo, and she has worked with people who I'm sure we all know, Queen Latifah, Britney Spears, Kathy Bates, Winona Judd, Tyson Beckford, Brandy, Jill Scott, and among so many others. Her work has been featured in Mode and Ebony magazines, and she has written a best-selling book, which I can't wait to talk to you about. Susan, thank you so much. Oh, it's presence. a pleasure to be here. I'm so I'm excited so to be here. so honored and excited. You made it through the rain, the <laughs> yes. torrential rain. Yes. It was a monsoon out there. <laughs> it was a monsoon out there, but you made it. Yes. And looking beautiful and illustrious, <laughs> and the red you. lipstick is everything. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're thank so you. welcome. So welcome. Um, you have such a rich history and a career equally rich. And both of which you beautifully write about in your book, The Art of Dressing Curves. And we're going to talk about curves today. And the title actually of this podcast is How to Dress When Life Throws You a Curve. Wow. All right. So let's get started. Why did you feel that you needed to write this book? And what and whom inspired you to write the way that you did? Because it's beautifully written, beautifully illustrated, and it's just rich. So what was your motivation for writing? Well, you know, I have been styling for over 20 years, and I have worked with women and men, but yes. mainly women, from size zero to size 28. And what I found was everyone kind of had the same narrative as you got to know them. Each woman had the same issues, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't care what size you are. Society is throwing so many, so much imagery at us. Yes. You should look like this. You should be that. And these are the women that I mainly work with are highly visible. Yes. So when you think about what society is telling you and a camera hitting you at every angle, right. of course you're going to have some issues. Boy, that you know? sounds terrifying. It's a camera hitting you at every, <laughs> every angle. angle. I'm every terrified. Angle. <laughs> And over the years, I had so much knowledge, a combination of what, you know, the, the, 
the talks and the conversations that I had with different women and, you know, how we came to terms with making them look their very best yes. and feeling good about yourself. Yes. And so in some ways, sometimes I feel like a doctor. Yeah, we have <laughs> that in common, Susan. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, it's, at the end of the day, I just want her to love herself mm -hmm. and I want her to feel good about herself. And when she walks out in front of the world, I just want her to smile and, and, and smile from like the inside. It's not just about what we've, that beautiful dress. Yes. It's about how I'm dressing her heart as well. Agreed and beautifully stated. So yeah. we do have that in common. So yes. we want our, our clients, in my case, our patients, to feel like their best selves and put their best selves out there mm -hmm. and to really love themselves from yeah. the inside out. It's, it's not about the dress in your case mm -hmm. or in my case, it's not about the lips or the high mm -hmm. cheekbones. It's really about how you are owning your power and yeah. putting it out there exactly. and, and making yourself feel exactly. good in others. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So describe your childhood and did your upbringing influence your career choice? <laughs> Very interesting question. Thank well, you. <laughs> I had, um, I experienced a lot of loss in my childhood. My, my father died when I was three and a half years old. Wow. Um, my, my grandmother passed when I was 11. And these were two people who were very loving and very kind and, and very close to you and very close to me. So it was what that taught me was how you treat people because yeah. tomorrow is not promised. That's true. So that was a lifelong lesson. I'm very careful in what I say to people, mm -hmm. how they're treated, yes. especially when you're getting to know people. And doing what I do is very intimate. It's very yes, personal. It and so that's important because I never want someone to feel bad. Yes. The world does that to us. We don't. We don't need to have relationships. Yeah, we don't we need feel the extra. Bad. So, but overall, I had a great childhood. I have a wonderful mother. Yes. She's amazing. Yes. She's a real fighter. You yes. know, she raised three kids by herself, and she did a heck of a job. Yes. I have, and the support system that I had, my aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, my grandfather, grandfathers, I should say, from my the the fraternal side of my family. Yes. Um, so I had really a wonderful child, well traveled, um, filled with culture. I grew up yes. here in New York City. Yes. My mom loved the art. So that was a great influence. We went to Broadway, museums. Um, you know, I grew up near Yankee Stadium, so there was sports. And, you know, we're all swimmers. Yes. So I had a wonderful childhood. You know, there's yes. always going to... The things that happened taught me life lessons. Right. But overall, it was filled with love and a lot of fun and a lot of laughter. It's very evident in the book that you had a very strong support system yeah. and that your, your mother was just the source of passion and fire yeah. and energy and that she helped to shape your perspective about loving yourself. Yeah, she did. So there's a time in the book that you describe going to school and apparently you had some words or yeah. you heard some words. And yeah. Describe to me how your mother responded to your experience. Um, I remember coming home and I was that kid that my mom would say, um, <laughs> you know, if you, if you have a question, especially around like the elders yes. that you're not sure of, please run it by me first. Okay. Because, <laughs> Don't say know, anything crazy. I would say crazy things. Crazy <laughs> things. And I, I love to read. And, you yes. know, I was, it was always something, you you yes. know, mom, my friend has two mommies. What does that mean? Right. You know? And back then that was like, oh, yes, you know, yes, it was. but it was, you know, going to school, there was always something. When I look back at it, when I look back on my childhood and going to school, I had a lot of issues with teachers, mm -hmm. but I think it was like they saw a light in me. I was a different kind of kid. Yeah. And I had one teacher in sixth grade. She told my best friend that if I didn't lose weight when I went on to school, I wouldn't have any friends. Wow. And I was devastated. That's traumatizing. It was. It was devastating. And so I went home, and I could barely get it out. I could yeah. barely speak those words because my mom was like, what's wrong? 
The next day, my mother put on her best suit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> mother was always whipped. Yeah. <laughs> she said, you go into school, we're going to act like nothing happened. I was wow. sitting in class, and during the middle of class, she just opened the door. Your mom did. My mom just opened <laughs> the door and said, I, I can't remember the teacher's name. It, it's been so long. Yeah. But she said, excuse me, but you and I have something to talk about. Wow. And she was like, Miss Moses, I wasn't expecting you today. Yes. She said, I know you aren't. Yes. And then she called. they called me into the hallway, and she made her apologize. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. So, so she's not only your mother and your friend, mm -hmm. she's and your supporter. She's your advocate. Yeah. She's got your back. Yeah, she's my shero. Yeah, yeah. without the cape. Yeah, <laughs> you could probably help her find a really <laughs> fabulous cape, though. Well, she does have a couple. <laughs> oh, of them. She does, I'm sure. <laughs> Wonderful stories, and, and your book is filled with so many amazing stories. I would recommend to. All of you listeners out there, please pick up a copy. It is absolutely inspiring. Thank you. And as Thank are you. you. Your, your life is to this day, and I'm sure will continue to be absolutely inspiring. So let's talk a, a little bit about um, some of the comments that you heard in mm -hmm. school and the comment that this particular teacher, highly irresponsible comment to say the least, made. So what is what was your relationship with food as a young lady, and how mm -hmm. has that changed? Um, <clears throat> I think that... Um, I went through a period where I was a big, I got like chubby, and I think that food was comforting for me mm -hmm. because when you experience loss, sometimes that happens. You find yes. you have to find something that's going to be there no matter yes, what's going no matter on, what. <laughs> and it won't talk back. It, it won't talk back, <laughs> and it'll be there. And uh, and then I went through a period when I became a teenager of you know constantly looking in the mirror and wanting to be thin. Yes. So <clears throat> I became bulimic. That's right. And um, it was really, really horrible. That was a, a horrible time for me. I was about 16, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I, um, one day, I, my mom, what happened was my mom went to a funeral. She had to leave town, and she left relatives with us. Yes. And um, she, it was weird. She cooked all this food. And I remember hearing her say to my sister, when I, get, we get, when I come back home, I'm going to take your sister to the doctor because she's losing too much weight. Mm -hmm. Something is not right. Yeah. And she cooked all this food. But I wasn't eating, so it didn't right. matter. Yeah. So I went with my friends to a, a party in the Bronx. Yes. And I'm waiting for the train to come home on right. 161st Street in the yes. Bronx. And <clears throat> for some reason, the train took forever. I ended up passing out. On the I passed out on the platform, fell into the tracks. What? I fell yes, into. The, <laughs> I remember this from the book. I fell into right. the tracks, but before I fell, there was this really handsome guy that was coming down the stairs. <laughs> well, your so, timing is just <laughs> impeccable, isn't it? Susan? I think he thought I was falling out over him, <laughs> <laughs> and he jumped down and picked me up. Oh my and God. the the crazy thing is, I could hear the trains rattle before I fell. Oh, my God. And when I got up, it was all these people around me, like blood was pouring out of my head. And this man was standing over me saying, are you okay? And he wow. had picked me up. And the police came, and they were like, we thought you were a goner. Wow. So it was just, it was the grace of God that yes. I'm still here. Yeah. Unbelievable. And how... How did your perspective change after that very traumatizing, it was, dramatic it was a lot experience? Of work. It was a lot of work. And once again, my, my Shiro, my mom, what I'm grateful for is that she realized that that wasn't something that she can handle by herself. So, of course, I had therapy and yeah. treatment, and it was that was important. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've been an advocate of, of mental health for years, and um, it, it's really important, especially for our community. Yes, agreed. Um, that we take care of our mind, you know, body and soul. Yes, it's, it's holistically, Yeah, which is a big exactly. running theme of this podcast. Exactly. 
So talking about your perspective and how your mom and yourself got help for mm -hmm. you and uh, therapy, which I'm also an advocate of. So let's, let's shift things a little bit, but along the same lines of um, perspective and realizing that something has to change in your life. Mm -hmm. Oprah talks about the aha moment, mm -hmm. and uh, it's the moment of a sudden realization or inspiration or a time when you realize, you know what? things have to be different. Mm -hmm. So do you have a particular aha moment or do you have many? You know, I have a, I have several, but I think um, when I was in school, I decided to go to college here in the city. At first I wanted to go away. Then I said, you know what? I'm going to stay here. Yeah. And I was really attracted to law. I've always been, I've always been the type I want to fight for others, yes. you know? Yes. And Justice because I, I had a strong advocate in my life, yes, I think course. that had a lot to do with it. Indeed. So I decided I went to John Jay College of Criminal Justice, and I was there for four years. Mm -hmm. But while there, I started to dabble in fashion. And I worked um, in production, dressing different models, yes. and all areas. Yes. I just wanted to be around fashion. Right. Suddenly, it was like, I just was enamored. So is that when you you would say you first fell in love with yeah. fashion? Okay. Yeah, working in yeah. production and working as a dresser at different yeah. shows. This is when the shows were all over the city. They yes. weren't in a tent. Just one place. Yeah, they were everywhere. And um, it was just fun, you yeah. know, watching these beautiful women, you know, get made up. Yes. The beautiful clothes, the movement. Yes. But one thing I realized is that they were all, not all, I shouldn't say all, but I would hear a lot of the complaints, my body this, my body oh. that. I need to get this done. I need to get that done. Mm. And it's like, these are the most beautiful women. And it said something to me, like, are we ever happy? Right. When is it enough? Yeah, I know. <laughs> when is it ever going to be Very enough? Very good questions. Work is in it, progress. <laughs> yeah. When is it going to be enough? And I think um, that changed my perspective on a lot of things. Because here, we, these are the women that you're seeing in, you know, on, in campaigns and advertisement, but it's still, it's not enough for them. Like, these are the women that society says, yeah. the absolute best, exactly. most beautiful, yep. best the, of the uh, best, creme de la creme. The beauty buck stops right yeah, there. Yeah, the beauty buck stops right, <laughs> right there. there. And, and yet, you were hearing I these hear. women, and yeah. I guess sometimes men, but perhaps mm. mostly, well, mostly women, women, yeah, talk about how they felt that they weren't enough yeah. and that they weren't. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And the sad thing was when you saw work that wasn't done well. Like oh. if they had work done, it wasn't done well, wasn't executed well. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that was really unfortunate. I, um, I don't know if I should say I have the privilege, but I guess it's a privilege to have an opportunity to help someone. But mm -hmm. I have I had some circumstances, some uh, circumstances where I've had to try to help fix something that didn't quite go mm -hmm. well um, by another surgeon. And um it's it's a it's a challenging and difficult mm -hmm. path because mm -hmm. already there is the physical issue, mm -hmm. and then just the psychological and um, spiritual almost mm -hmm. impact that having a quote unquote you know deformity or something not right yeah. has on someone. It really can be very very intense. Yeah, um, I'm sure. So. Did you ever feel that how you looked affected your ability to have opportunities? Because I'm sitting here across from you, mm -hmm. and I see a beautiful, exuberant, mm -hmm. dynamic woman of color. Mm -hmm. But in, in throughout your life, did you ever feel as if how you looked would have affected your ability to, to get a job or, or work with someone? And I ask that because I have experienced mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm a petite woman. Mm -hmm. But I have had incidents in my life where I felt that, wow, I wonder if it's how mm -hmm. I looked, whether it's something I can change about mm -hmm. my looks or something that I cannot mm -hmm. change about mm -hmm. my looks. So have you ever had those experiences in your industry? 
I, you know what? I've experienced it in a different way. It was more about my uh, being a black woman than being a larger woman. Um, that's I can understand that. That is, has been my experience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that that's changing more these days in oh, fashion definitely. with inclusivity and diversity? I, I think it's definitely changing. Okay, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's been slow. It's yes. been a slow turn, but it's, it's changing. So describe your very first experience working with a fashion designer and a model. I mean, you must have been so excited. I, you know, I, I had done so many shows, and they were like major models. It was Beverly Johnson. I remember wow. just sitting watching her get made up, and yes. she could not have been nicer. Oh, sweet. Um, there were times I worked one-on-one with Iman to get them dressed, because they would assign you to different models. But what was interesting is they would they would always assign me to the most difficult models. Like if, <laughs> Why if we had that? one, because yeah. I would make them laugh. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, after season after season, yes. you, you see the same faces, yes. and they would go, "Can you take care of that one?" Because <laughs> and I would make them laugh because yeah. I'm like, "What can you be angry about?" True. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you're wearing beautiful clothes. Right. Your job is to put on a beautiful dress and walk down the runway. Right. Let's have fun. That's true. <laughs> so did you find that a lot of the your clients confided in you like a confidant? Because your work is very intimate. This is before I had clients. This is this before is you had clients. This is when I was still in school yes. and dabbling in, you know, working in different aspects of fashion. Yes. I should tell you that during this time, I also started doing a little plus modeling myself. Ah, good for you. Yeah. Yes. So I can see that why. That was like a, a real self-esteem booster. Yeah. And so I did, but I never really loved it. I love ah. the production of things. Okay. I love seeing everything come together. Yes. And while I was in school, I was in John Jay, mm-hmm. and it was my last year. I had oh. like maybe eight credits, eight to 12 credits to go. Yes. And I'm sitting in class one day taking a final, and I looked around and I was going, what am I doing here? I'm not going to do this. Yeah. You had an epiphany. <laughs> I did. That was the real aha moment. Yeah. And I said, I am not going to do this. This was after doing um, internships in uh, Center Street. Oh, wow. With lawyers and in the courthouse. So you were and, on the lawyer yeah. path. And um, But I was like, I'm not going to do this. This does not make me. This yeah. doesn't bring me real joy. You know, that takes a lot of courage yeah. to go through a, a path, uh, to be on a path, to put in the time, yeah. the money, the energy, the mm-hmm. effort, all of that, to studying, yeah. and then to realize this is not what I This is do. not it because no. it's not going to make me yeah. happy. But I applaud you for that. But I always say I became a defender of curves. That's right. <laughs> yes, you did. So let's talk about the curves. Um, so what would you say would be the most, I guess, the, the most advantageous, maybe that's not the right word, but but the most appealing aspect to having curves, because I know in society, mm-hmm. um, curves are not necessarily appreciated. Mm-hmm. And even myself as a petite woman, mm-hmm. I have curves. curves. All women I curves. love yeah. my curves. <laughs> right. I do know sometimes when I go to different mm-hmm. fashion um, houses or stores, and I recognize, wow, this piece needs a lot of tailoring mm-hmm. because it's just not mm-hmm. made for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you have experienced hearing from curvy women and and how they've overcome their, perhaps well, their curve issue, if there ever was one. For a long time, um, women above a certain size were marginalized. They weren't. Yeah. There wasn't even a great market of clothing. Within the last, I would say, ten years, a lot of things have changed, especially yes. with the internet and bloggers and influencers. Yes. Um, because women are just not having it anymore. Like That's you're right. just not going to tell us you should sit in the corner because you don't look a certain way. Right. That's just not happening. Not happening. You know, the world is big enough that we can accept all kinds of beauty in all shapes and sizes. Absolutely. You know, and people have. 
have different preferences. Yes, that's know? right. That's absolutely right. So things are definitely changing. They're definitely changing. Yeah. And um, and I'm I'm so excited to have been a part of the change. Yeah, I'm sure you are excited. Yeah. You've worked with some amazing women. Yeah. So let's talk about um, one of the people with whom you worked. You worked with Brandy. Yes. And how long was your experience in working with her? And did you learn from each other through that experience? Yeah, you know, Brandy was my first, well, my she was my first um, client that I worked with for a very long time. I worked with Brandy for about seven years. And she was the reason why I relocated from New York to L.A. Okay. To work with her on her television show, Moesha. Yes. And she was a teenager. What I learned, um, you know, all teenagers are going through. You mm -hmm. know, I was able to draw from my own life experience experiences to pour that into her and to be a good listener. It taught mm -hmm. me about listening also. Part of my job is you really have to listen and pay attention. And um, it was a really, really good experience working with her. That's and fantastic. it was in so many different mediums because she did music. Yes. She was all media, campaigns, yes. the TV show, and yes. I, I did it all. So it was, a, it was a great experience. Yeah. And so many other girls looked up to her that were coming up. And that's how other clients came to me. And during that time, I had the pleasure of working with Britney Spears, yes. Destiny's Child, the yes. original yes. De Destiny's Child, and yes. um, and then came Queen Latifah. Right. You know. Now describe your um, experience working with her. I suspect that it was different. She was obviously not a teenager. Nope. She was seasoned. Um, she also um, has a different experience in various mm -hmm. parts of the industry. Exactly. She doesn't just act. She produces and she sings. Oh, by the mm -hmm. way, she's an entrepreneur. So mm -hmm. What did you learn from her? What was great was I had worked with Queen. I had started working with Mode Magazine. Yes. And Mode Magazine came out, and I saw one issue, and I said, I've got to find where their headquarters, what are they doing, what's yes. next, and I contacted them. Good for you. And um, I became one of their contributing editors. So you had the vision, and then you acted on it. Oh, yeah. I love I've it. I've always <laughs> been very, if I want something, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to do the work. I love it. <laughs> and, Owning your um, mojo. That's right. Uh, so they hired me to uh, style Queen for a cover, mm -hmm. and the cover was like iconic. It was so beautiful. Yes, like she was like wow. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then it was weird. For almost ten years, she and I could not connect because I was oh. always busy. Oh wow! Well, that's a luxury <laughs> that problem. Was crazy. <laughs> and then finally, I was taking a break after Moesha uh, went off the air. I go to a party and I hear somebody go, "Hey, lady, you think you got time for a Queen?" Wow, <laughs> that is such an iconic. Iconic <laughs> statement or question. Hey, lady, yeah, you, you think, think you have, have time, time for, for a queen? queen? I love and it. And I turned around with her. Yes. And, Brilliant. you know, like within a week, we, we connected and we worked together for like seven, eight years. Amazing. It was, yeah. And, and it was during a time where things were changing for her. She had just done Chicago and her career was changing. So it was perfect. And yes. um, I, I always thought she was one of the most beautiful women in the industry. Inside and, and out. Yeah. She's a real beauty. So it was... Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Do you still keep in touch? Yes, we do. Good for you. Yes, we do. Well, tell her I said hello. I will. And please have her subscribe to Forever Fab Podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, seriously, I am serious about that. But I learned so much from your book. I consider myself stylish with mm -hmm. my own style. Mm -hmm. um, but I read your book and learned so much about oh, so many things. I never thought that 
owning your mojo included knowing who you are mm-hmm. and what exactly works for you and what doesn't work for yeah. you. I mean, thinking about whether it's your size or your mood or your personality mm-hmm. and what watch to wear or what bag to hold. Mm-hmm. I learned so much from mm-hmm. your book. So let's talk a little bit more um, about that. I didn't realize that accessories could be worn according to body type. So yeah. let's take let's take a couple of accessories. Let's take um, earrings and a watch. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I think sometimes when you're a larger person, if it's so small, like so tiny, but it's supposed to be a statement, it's not a statement. Right. I'm like, if it's like either go big or go home. That's right. You know, <laughs> right. if you're going to make a statement, make a statement. Right. Like, I love your pile. Of, of, Thank of, you. <laughs> I love it. That's a statement. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Thank you very much. And that's the way I see it. You yeah. know, it's, there's nothing wrong with a small, uh, a small earring on the ear, but if you're yes. going to do a dangle... That is supposed, like I said, it's supposed, supposed to be making to dangle. Stick, then let it let's dangle. Okay, <laughs> you know I love that. And sometimes a purse can be too tiny. Like you know, it's so small. Like some of us have larger hands. Yes. And if you're on a red carpet or you're making an appearance and the purse is so small that your audience can't even see it. Right. <laughs> so those kind of things matter. And when you're dealing with people who are highly visible mm-hmm. and they're talking about what they're wearing, you know, you want it to be visible. Right. <laughs> I think I may not do so well on that, only because I've been <laughs> accused of carrying bags that are like twice my size. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, my doctor is thinking yeah. I might have you. Yeah, yeah, that could of, be an issue also. Uh, yeah, that's definitely not so cute. So you use the term in your book, curvy confidence. Mm-hmm. How do you describe that? Curvy confidence to me is women who are just owning their body, like... No matter what size you are. Yes. You know, even if I always say, even if you want to lose weight, if you want to gain weight, if you want more muscles, you have to love yourself through it. That's the main thing. You have to love yourself no matter what. That's. I mean, we should just end the podcast right there because that was just like the opener, the ender, the be all and end all. You should just love yourself. This is what. Man, self love. The the world is beating us up every day. Okay. I mean. Every day. So Every you gotta, single day. If, if there's anyone you got to love, it's yourself. Absolutely. Well, a little bit more on that. If you can't love yourself or you don't love yourself, mm-hmm. how are you expected to love anyone else? Exactly. Yeah. We can actually do an offshoot of this podcast and talk about self-love and get all spiritual. I love it. We'll have you back, Susan. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Okay, so a couple of other things, a little bit um, off subject, but I love asking some of these questions. Complete this sentence. Mm -hmm. I am. I am happy. Amen, sister. I love that. What are you most grateful for? My life. My life. That just sent chills. Yeah. I'm grateful for my life, yeah. Wow. That's good. That almost that sent chills for me. Yeah, it's, right? It's something we take for granted, I think. It's right. a gift. Every day. It's a, it's a gift. We're just going to have to do a, just a moment of silence on that. Yeah. Gratitude for mm-hmm. your life. For your life. Thank you. Thank we'll you for bringing that to light. You know? True. <laughs> What do you think is the current? Oh, what do you think is the current state of fashion? What do you think can be improved upon? And what are you excited about for fashion in the future? The current. What's wonderful is that there's a little bit of everything that's in, and women are really wearing what they love to wear. Yes. You know, if you love uh, hammer pants from the '90s, girl, go <laughs> like for MC it. Hammer pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you love a harem pants, wear them. You know, if that's what that that if that's, that's what makes you feel good. Do you? Do you? And I think that's what's exciting. Like I'm seeing a little bit of everything. I'm yeah. seeing the '90s influence, yes. the '80s influence. There's a lot of different influences right now. Yes. And you know, another thing I'm happy about is that the the whole swimsuit industry has changed. Absolutely. That's like really really amazing. 
Yes. Swimsuits, denim, a lot of things have changed, and that's that's really exciting. I think one of the other things we do have to pay attention to is sustainability. Yes, um, the fast fashion industry is really is causing a lot of problems, and that's one of the things we we must pay attention to. So, yeah. who do you think? Which designers, um, in your mind, are paying the most attention to sustainability? I know a lot of fashion houses mm -hmm. are attempting to do that, but it's challenging. Yeah, it is. So, who would you give the most credit to for at least initiating or getting involved in that movement? Eileen Fisher is one. They, they, I mean, it's on their site. They're doing some amazing work in that area. Um, there's another company that I like called Reformation. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. they really have some some great stuff, and um, and it's really like forward and beautiful, and yeah, they they're doing really good work in that area. So speaking of sustainability, maybe maybe not. Mm -hmm. um, I know you watched the or perhaps were there at this year's Met Gala. Camp. I watched. Okay. Oh. Loved, Camp loved. So, who would you say were the best dressed or hmm. most exciting to watch? Walk oh that carpet. I know a lot. So, a oh, lot. That, really? You know, you can I say lot? it was my favorite? Okay, so I name think, a few that you loved. Naomi Campbell. Yes. Oh my gosh. She gave it. Oh my gosh. She, she did give. She did give it. Janelle Monae. Oh, always amazing. I really admire her and her amazing. sense of style. <laughs> Lady Gaga, of course. Drama and carrying on. Five changes on the red carpet, <laughs> you know? I had three changes at my wedding. I thought, you know, for five it, is definitely yeah. serious. <laughs> Zendaya was yes. a princess. I really admire that young oh. lady. She's intelligent. She's outspoken. She, Love. Oh, my gosh. I look at her, and I see all that yeah. she's doing, and I feel like, oh, my gosh, I was so not that motivated she of a teenager. She was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Loved it. There, It was whimsical. It was fun. Yeah. And to me, for the first time, like, a lot of times, they look a little miserable on the carpet um, <laughs> at the gala. She's killing them. But this one... <laughs> Everyone looked like they were really enjoying. It was lighthearted. They were enjoying what they were wearing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't so thematic where right. they couldn't have fun with it. So right. a lot of, they just took the ball and, oh, I can't leave out Billy Porter. Oh my gosh. Wings. I mean, <laughs> right? And then the entrance. Oh my goodness. The entrance. Like, that entrance. That was, that was, I think that was epic. We should epic. all go to work like that, oh right? <laughs> If only, <laughs> if only, unbelievable, amazing. Yeah. It was, it was so many. I could go on and on because it was a lot. Sierra with oh the afro God. and the green gown. I'm like, I loved was... that look. She looked fantastic. Fantastic. And all these people that we're mentioning, I'm sure they'll be subscribing to the Forever Fab <laughs> podcast if they haven't already. <laughs> so, um, who do you follow on social media and why? Who do I follow? If you um, follow anyone. I follow a lot of people, but I, I follow a lot of um, I follow a lot of the people in the Curve community. Um, these are the women, the the influencers, and the bloggers who are, are. I give a lot of credit to them turning things around yep. and moving things forward. So I follow a, a lot of people in that in that arena and different designers. Yes, um, I definitely follow Sukenya. Yes, uh, Omar. Yes, Omar. We've had him <laughs> love, on the podcast. Love, love. He's fantastic. Yeah, obviously. I really. You I and I met because of him. Exactly. Thank so, you, Omar um, and Yasmina. You know, I'm a real big supporter of black designers because yes. it's been very difficult. It's yes. expensive to have it a is. line. It really so it's is. It's really, really, you know, there's people don't realize it's a lot that goes into it. And um, it's but not just I, the creativity. I, no, it's not. It's far from just that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I follow a lot of creatives, yes. I should say. Yes. I follow a lot of creatives. Wonderful. Yeah. And what is your social media handle? Susan Moses, NYC. Susan Moses, NYC. NYC. Real it, simple. <laughs> Real simple. Okay, so um, 
couple of final questions. This one is called a fast five, and I'm just going to name okay. two different things, give you two choices, and you just have to say immediately what comes to mind. Don't okay. even think about it. All righty. Okay. So the first one: fur or feathers? Feathers. Ooh. Black or color? Black. Stilettos or ballet flats? Stilettos. Little black dress or crisp white shirt? Little black dress. This one might be hard. New York or L.A.? Oh, <laughs> I'll let you slide both. On. Both, I'll let you slide on. <laughs> New York that. is okay. home, though. New but York I do. I love L.A. Yes, I have so I many too. wonderful friends there. It's L.A. has been good to you. Yeah, it's been really good to me. That's, really good to me. That's fantastic. Yeah. And speaking of fur, I know that was the first one in my in the choices. What do you think about fur versus faux fur? Mm-hmm. One is sort of natural slash organic. Maybe the other, you know. Petroleum um, and ugh. I, you know what, the faux fur market has really come a long way. Yes, it and, has. I mean, some of the fibers are so supple and amazing yes. that it's hard to tell the difference. Yes. and I think with everything, things change, this and is true. Um, that time has come. Yeah, and um, but I also think I know it's a big issue right now here yeah. in New York. Yes, there we also have to consider that there are over a thousand people that work in the industry, right. and give them a chance to turn that around and not just take the job away from them. I think you have to give people a moment and just not put them on the unemployment line. This is true, too. I mean, I think it's a very difficult and challenging situation. I I still haven't figured out where I fall yet. But last question, Mm -hmm. Ms. Moses. What are your top five recommendations for living a fabulous, beautiful life? Um, My number one is to find your tribe of happy and joy. People who have like spirits, you know, people who pour into your life and are positive. You don't need to be around negative Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) Or Debbie Downer. Exactly. (laughs) Leave negative Nancy at home. Um, And live without fear. Take fear and tell her to go outside (laughs) and close the door and never let her back in. (laughs) Be as fearless as possible. And don't be afraid to pursue your dreams. You don't want to lay on your deathbed saying, I should have, would have, could have. You want to say, I did, and I did the damn thing. (laughs) That's right. You did the damn thing. So find your tribe of happy. The second is live without fear. The third is pursue your dreams. And what are four and five? Four and five is um, wear what you like. Yes. Wear what you like, you know. Wear the colors you like, wear the fabrics you like, the silhouettes. Wear what you like and what makes you happy and feel good. And um, lastly, you know, love yourself. We started with that. And we're into that. I love it. (laughs) So when life throws you curves along the road, steer confidently in their direction. Yes. Do not turn against the curves. They may be for your benefit. And always dress the part, of course. Mm -hmm. Right? Whether a straight (laughs) path, a curvy path, dress the part. So everyone, if you'd like a deeper understanding of how to increase your confidence, reclaim your mojo through the power of dress, no matter what your shape, your size, your fashion philosophy, please pick up, pick, pick up a copy of this amazing book, The Art of Dressing Curves by Susan Moses. Susan, thank you so much for your energy, your insight, your fashion expertise. I would love, love, love to see you again. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all 
Things Beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.